Welcome back, listeners, for another episode of PSG Talking, the first and only podcast devoted to Paris Saint-Germain in English. On today's episode, we talk about PSG's thrilling 5-0 win over Club Bruges in the Champions League, and of course, we have to talk about Kylian Mbappe's outstanding performance in the second half. We also talk about Champions League strategy moving forward and the importance of Mero Cardi and Angel Di Maria. We also look ahead to this weekend's Le Classique and analyze some pretty interesting comments made by the Marseille manager in regards to PSG finances. My name is Ed, and joining me is Carl Oscar Kallstrom and Guillaume Delaporte. Let's go. Joining me today, we have Guillaume and Carl. I'm Ed, of course. And we have guys, we have a lot to talk about. PSG won 5-0 over Club Bruges in the Champions League. Kylian Mbappe was incredible. Icardi was great as well. But there's a lot to talk about more than just the goals. So I wanted to get your opinions on what just happened. We're recording this just after the game ended on Tuesday night. Um, We'll start with Carl, since you don't get to join us as often as uh, Guillaume and I. (laughs) So we'll, we'll open it up to you. Give me your overall thoughts, and we'll, we'll get into the individual performances, but just talk about your overall feelings on this performance in particular. Uh, I think it was a bit of, you know, like you, people call football a game of two halves. I think that was pretty much how this game could be defined, even though it changed. Um, I don't know. Like, to, uh, to didn't do any like permanent changes or... Uh, substitutions during halftime, you could see the team going out with a, a little bit different um, attitude and tactical setup, especially when Mbappe came on. But you could really see the team struggling in the first half. Um, Club Brugge had uh, really utilized your press very well. I think uh, Ander Herrera was really struggling at times, mm. probably due to match uh, not, not really being match ready. Uh, I mean, he hasn't played much. He was injured for about a month. Uh, just after his um, arrival to the cap uh, to the French capital, uh, and he really struggled. I think that also threw Marquinhos and Verratti off the game a bit. Uh, they used to playing a very uh, uh, a very assured game, uh, and when they didn't have that defensive and um, possession support from him, they they uh, they struggled as well. I think this, for me at least, was Marquinhos's. West gained quite a while, at least in midfield. Um, he's really been dominant there for the last at least five games he's, he's played. Um, but he struggled at times, especially during the first half. A lot of wasted passes. Um, really, it seemed like a lack of concentration. I don't know if that's just how, how it seemed. It could, it could just be that they were not really ready for the uh, amount of pressing that uh, the Belgians got up to. They did uh, play PSG pretty straight up. They didn't sit back. They kind of came at us in that first half, so maybe that caught PSG uh, by surprise a little bit. Uh, Guillaume, I want to get your thoughts just overall on what you saw tonight. So there were discussions that we may have uh, not taken them seriously. 
<laughs> I really don't think so. Um, I know Real Madrid is not having a great year, but it's still Real Madrid with the same players that won mm-hmm. so many Champions League, except without Ronaldo. Um, I've watched a game in Madrid and Bruges, they were just solid. Mm-hmm. And what mm-hmm. happened in Madrid didn't happen in Bruges. They didn't score. So they didn't even get a shot on goal. Navas had a quiet evening. <laughs> you look at the expected goals. I, I tweeted uh, Bruges a lot of noise about nothing. Mm-hmm. 0.4 in expected goals. 0.4. Navas was like, hey, I love my new job. <laughs> I have nothing to do. But when you watch, like Carl said, the first half, it didn't look that way at all. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Um, they played in 3 5 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, and insisting on the wings, which allowed them to block the wings and also to to pressure all wings, and and then this stretch, you you may have noticed how the the players were like taking the entire width of the team of the field, sorry, um, and then immense immense uh, intense high pressing by Bruges uh, central central midfield and the forwards, and those guys are very athletic. And they went 120%. Why not? And we suffered. We suffered because um, Carl mentioned that Herrera didn't have a such, such a good game. He didn't. But uh, I think Marquinhos didn't have the same impact he usually does. Mm-hmm. And he's been struggling since he came back from the international break. Like most of our Brazilians, uh, when they come back healthy, which miracle, uh, miracle he did. But he's, so he was a bit down. Vera couldn't compensate, and then um, Verratti was by himself, and they had the anti-Verratti plan. All the 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 box, the boxes checked to mm-hmm. beat us. We come back from uh, halftime one no. Little problem in that uh, game plan. Angel Di Maria, Angel Di Maria is going to get you if you pressure high, 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 high. Oh, you're in the three five two. Angel, you don't see Angel, you don't see Angel. Oh, you see Angel, Icardi, boom, 1-0, thank you. Yeah. Then dominated, oh my God, oh my God. Yeah, it was stressful to watch. And again, they are, it's like, uh, it's like going to the shrink for me uh, <laughs> because I've been abused by Italian teams my entire youth and they were doing this, exactly this. Like, oh, we're dominating them and the chances. Well, not really, but oh, oh my God, oh my God. One no. Yeah. Come back at halftime. Oh, it's okay. Second half. We're going to show them. Two no. Three, four, five. Okay, okay. No more. Um, <laughs> so, not a phenomenal performance, but a solid professional display. <laughs> and we know how to win these games. Can we contemplate these facts? We, we, we remember us a few months ago, a year ago, these are the games we always lost. And yeah. we, we, last season, we were terrible away, except Manchester. But back-to-back, two solid performances by Paris Saint-Germain in the Champions League, in tough grounds. Bruges was unbeaten in, I don't know, 67 games or something like that. Something absurd like this. Okay, it's Bruges. It's the it's Belgian football championships. Not, but it's by far the best Belgian team. And you can see in this part of the world, 
there's other clubs when being Ajax and Holland is not a great a big country um, they, they can you know they can reach that level uh, it was a solid performance we should uh, applaud and I guess we'll talk about the individual mm-hmm. performances but Mbappé yeah. sure but oh my god Thiago Silva he had a couple of great sliding tackles I thought he was great he never tackles of, yeah he, he never tackles like this <laughs> because normally he's always there but today he had to tackle and oh my god he can tackle yeah, he, he was fantastic. Um, overall, my, my thoughts on the match was I just echo what you guys say. I was a little bit slow, uh, but that goal by Icardi, I think, settled a lot of things down. Um, a lot of people will talk about this. We're a little bit upset with Tuchel's decision to go with Chupamoting up top, but once you get that goal and you start putting Bruges on the back foot, we're just kind of like a steam engine that just got rolling, and in the second half, we just kind of put some more coal on the on the engine, and we just kind of just steamrolled them. So, um it was a great performance. I don't think PSG took the team lightly at all. I don't think they took Bruce lightly. Uh, I think Mounier, he was asked if this was like a banana peel game or something like that. Like, could this slip you guys up? And he said, absolutely. He would have known the quality in the team uh, having played there before. And so um, Tuchel was, you know, locked in and focused in his press conference. He wasn't trying to hear anything about, you know, ranking the strikers and who's number one and who should play and Cavani and this and that. I mean, he was, he was pretty fired up about it. So you could tell he wanted this game and the scoreline's a little bit unflattering to Bruges. I thought they played really well, especially in that first half, but they did. Yeah. So I'll, I'll take the, the five nil and now we're nine points. I mean, we're perfect in the group stage. This has never been one of PSG's issues uh, doing well in the group stage, but if it was the opposite, we all would be very upset if we were losing games or drawing games uh, like this. So it was great. So I guess let's just talk about the subject that, from what I could see on Twitter, a lot of people were questioning, and that is Tuchel's starting lineup. So the back line was about what you would expect. Navas, Kempembe, Silva, Bernat, Munier. Midfield, again, about what you would expect. Marquinhos, Variety, and Herrera. But it was Eric Maxim Chupamoting's start that had people questioning Tuchel's decision-making here. A lot of people thought maybe Mbappe should come on, even though he said that the manager said that he couldn't go a full 90, but you did have Pablo Sarabia there on the bench, and you did have Edison Cavani, who maybe a few years ago played on the wing, but he's certainly capable of playing there. Do you guys, what are your thoughts on that decision to go with Chupa Mozing? We'll go with Guillaume first this time. It was surprising, but then who, who we got to play as a left or right forward. So, you know, Di Maria is going to start. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Icardi could have been on the bench or Kevin is starting, but then, you know, Icardi can play mm-hmm. probably the entire 90 minutes now, if, if needed. Um, you're going to start the game with Sarabia? He Sarabia, started. Yeah, that's right. But Sarabia is struggling in League One against those big trucks. Mm. The entire Bruges team was made of big trucks. <laughs> Everybody was like a, a you know pumped up bodybuilder. Yeah! That's what they did. Sarabia, no, you. So Shupo didn't have such a great game, but he's always useful because he's a big guy and he can defend. And he almost played like a like a left back in in in, in many ways. So. And it was interesting that so he put him on the left because he is a left winger. Oh, that's his best position. Well, again, he's not a great player, but he's very useful. So you, you use Shupo for 
as much as you can. <laughs> and then, you know, who's going to perform coming from the bench? Mm-hmm. For sure. Cavani or Mbappé? I think Mbappé is the one that people question. You know, we saw what he did in the second half. Could he, Why couldn't he have started? At some point, you have to test that hamstring. Um, you Carl, will, but you, you don't, go ahead. Don't, oh, sorry, you, you, you will test it, but you don't have to. Imagine if he gets injured. So now Neymar and Mbappé are injured. So that was a safe way to go. I, I thought he was but, but, and, and he Better came now in than at, later. Well, yeah. He came in at the 53rd, which is an unusual mm-hmm. uh, sub for Tuchel, who normally waits a bit more than that. Yeah. Uh, he felt that Bruges was like on the way down, way down. And he insisted. And well, oh my God, yeah. <laughs> what did Mbappe do? Oh my God. So I, I, th- I think with a little bit of perspective, it made sense. Yeah. Carl, I know you are kind of leaning more towards what Guillaume's saying, but what are your thoughts on the move to start Chupamoting over Mbappe or even Sarabia? I think it was a good, good decision. Uh, that, that it was even the right decision. However, I, I don't think it turned out that well, but no. that can happen to anyone. It just happened to be uh, promoting this time. It could have been... Imagine if Thiago Silva had a man. Everyone would just scream for, like, oh, why would you start him if you have Marquinhos who can play centre-back or whatever? You, you can't know that before the game. I mm-hmm. think he really struggled um, time, like timing-wise with his tackles. I think he was late for mo- many challenges. But he usually isn't, and he's a really good tactical player to have. I, I love, I personally love when he comes on, comes on for like the last twenty minutes to close down a game, work defensively on that left hand side, win head headers, and just cover uh, along with Bernard. Uh, but I, I think it was the right decision, uh, especially given the tactical flexibility uh, Tuchel had at his disposal for the second half with uh, both Kylian uh, Mbappe and. Uh, Cavani, uh, Leandro Paredes on the bench. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, I think Carl is right, calling him a tactical player. Mm-hmm. In many ways, Giroud is a tactical player too. Um, they're not phenomenal, that's why they became tactical players. But <laughs> goddamn, they're useful for a coach. And uh, I, Carl, I think you nailed it. He, he didn't have a great game, but he was, you know, somewhat useful. And he's a big guy. And he participated to, you know, in, in the tiring of the Club Bruges. Mm-hmm. And we saw how tired they were at the you know, 55th. And then someone killed them. <laughs> and probably, that was... probably should have gotten an, an assist as well for Di Marias. That uh, incredible improvised pass just over the head. He will kill you. If that's the risk they took, Bruges. But they could have scored. They could have scored earlier. And then... Then that's a different game, isn't it? Then you, by scoring, like you, you, you keep up your energy, you keep up the hopes, but you're not scoring, you're not scoring, and there's Hanhel, he's roaming, he's ro- oh no, another, you know, from the outside of his foot, boo, and Icardi, boom, and um, two or three assists for Di Maria. I think I read a statistic that said something about how Di Maria has really excelled when Neymar is not in the team. Right now, could you argue that Di Maria is more important to PSG than Neymar? Say, say they're both healthy. I mean, it's hard to argue with the numbers that Di Maria is putting up and how important he is to this team. Are you, would you say that he's been the most valuable player this year so far? Who, me or Guillaume? Uh, we'll go with you this time, Carl. Yeah. 
yeah, he probably has been along with uh, Marquinhos and Kylian Mbappé uh, this, this uh, calendar year. But it's really those those kinds of questions. Not not to criticize you personally, but Neymar has been injured. If he would have played every game just like Di Maria did, he would have made a big, bigger impact because he is a top probably two or three player in the world. He probably would have made the 30-man list for the Ballon d'Or. That's for yeah. sure. Scandal. Uh, no, but Not quite yet, but Neymar is, of course, a better player. Di Maria has been playing more and he's been playing really well. Probably top top 20 in the world. Uh, with attack, is probably top 10, 15 in the world for the last... Yeah, yeah, he's brilliant. Uh, both, both are brilliant players. Um, not, not sure you need to compare them uh, mm-hmm. in that way. Absolutely. Um, I want to talk a little bit about Mario Cardi. Hey, who... I want to say something. Too. Oh, sorry, yeah, jump <laughs> on in there. Sorry about that. No, I, I agree with, with Carl. Yeah. Um, one of the reasons why he's been so decisive is because he's getting the playtime he needs to mm-hmm. reach that level. And then he's on the roll. And he's such a valuable player because he can, he's a, there's not many players like Di Maria. He's a, in many ways a, 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 an all-time winger. He's a, he's a winger. He's a pure winger, but he's got that football IQ and vision and absolutely phenomenal left foot. Absolutely in freaking incredible left foot. With his left foot, he will... He will do the right pass at the right per- person. Um, he will shoot and score, even if he, he missed a sitter. He's less comfortable doing that thing from the right wing than from the left wing. He, when he's a left winger, he would have scored that goal. He came from the right wing. I've seen him miss many one-on-one from the right wing. But anyway, um, he's an exceptional player. Um, when he's able to reach that level and stay at that level, and the reason why is because Neymar is injured, and like Carl said, Neymar is a better player than Di Maria, uh, but in the team rotation, I mean, yeah, uh, statistically, yeah. he's been the best player at Paris Saint-Germain for the past year ahead of even ahead of Mbappé. It's going to be important when Neymar does return that Tuchel still gives Di Maria playing time so that we can keep him in form as we get into the knockout stage. Um, that'll be definitely something to keep an eye on. But um, I also want to talk about Mero Cardi, who joined PSG on loan from Inter Milan. A lot of people questioned his off-the-field antics and called PSG losers for signing him and <laughs> it would work out. Who's laughing and, now? Yeah, and he continues to score goals for PSG. Um, that goal that he scored, it was very Cavani-esque, although I don't think Cavani could score those anymore. Maybe maybe he can. I don't, I don't I think, think he can. Much. We haven't seen him in a while. But oh, he's he's going to be back. Yeah, he'll, he'll be back, but that was a Cavani-esque goal. But I, the more I watch him, I just think he's a better version of Cavani in just about every way, and he has a few more tools in his toolbox that Cavani does not have anymore. So just talk to me about your, what you see out of Icardi, and do you see him playing a major role for PSG uh, throughout the rest of the season? Carl, you want to go? Yeah, Carl. Uh, oh. It's really hard to know how the attack will line up lineup as you said um Di Maria needs playing time but then you have Neymar you have Kylian Mbappé and this season Tuchel doesn't seem to want to use, use more than three main attackers so mm-hmm. will it be a definite starter not sure maybe um but when he will play he will be lethal um as uh, he played let's see today he played 65 minutes 
Um, and when Mbappé came on, he managed to get uh, uh, almost 30% more touches on the ball uh, in about 35 minutes than uh, Icardi did in um, his 65. So he really doesn't want to get too much involved in play, but he's still there. He still has the quality to do those kinds of um, the pass the ball on just a quick touch, um, things that Chevai not, not always uh, is able to do. Uh, he, he's a brilliant, brilliant little player. It really depends on how injuries pan out um, and how Tuchel the, decides what his main front three will be. Uh, but he, he, is, he is a great player. He just... It's, like, it's a good it's a good problem to have for Tuchel. I mean, he Icardi, Neymar, Di Maria, Cavani. I mean, he has just a, a treasure trove of, of Mbappe. Just all of these players, and he's kind of lucked out with injuries. That you kind of hate to say that, but he hasn't had to shoehorn some of these players into the lineup and leave other players out. Injuries have allowed him to kind of make his decision easy, you know, and who he plays in the attack. But uh, Guillaume, what have you seen from Icardi this season? Um, can no, absolutely no surprise from him. He's a he's a pure goal scorer, Italian style. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think he's better than Neymar than Neymar than Cavani. He's different. Mm-hmm. He's slightly different. Both are, go- are poachers, goal scorers. Mm-hmm. Um, Cavani cannot play with his back to the goal. He just can't. Icardi can, and that's a huge step for Icardi. But then Icardi completely disappears. Cavani doesn't. Some games he does when he's like completely framed by two huge central defenders. But in most games, he's got that incredible activity. Absolutely unbelievable activity. And he helps in defense. Icardi doesn't. Barely. You know, a little positioning, defensive positioning. That's about it. Cavani goes on and on. And if, if, you, if you think it's, it's not a big deal, you're wrong. It's a huge deal that disrupts the opponent. In the air... Uh, even if Icardi is not bad, Cavani is one of the best in the still in the world. The 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 watch some YouTube videos if you're not con- convinced, and you will see some absolutely phenomenal headers by by Cavani. Uh, so Cavani has a lot more activity, also a bit more waste because of this activity, and he's technically perhaps not. I think they're close, but Icardi has a lot less activity. He really focuses on. Scoring goals. You don't see him. Goal, Icardi. Disappears again. Goal, Icardi. It's unbelievable. So, yeah, yeah having them both. I mean, Icardi is 26, 27, 26. Um, it, it was a genius transfer because well, it's easy to say now, but Cavani is on his way out. He's mm-hmm. 33, I think. Um, and... Um, his absurd activity on the pitch for many years is starting to show on his body. I mean, uh, the hip injury. Oof. Yeah. So the team is used to play with a poacher and has for many years. Replace the poacher by a poacher <laughs> who can play. Is back to the to the goal, which is a phenomenal thing for, for this team because of the activity up front, the passing, the short passing, the, the, the Neymar and Mbappe that cuts inside and swap. and So if you have a guy who can be central and, and, and play a bit as an anchor, uh, as a relay up front, uh, then he's a huge asset. But both, both 
And by the way, um, I've heard rumors that during training this week, mm-hmm. there was a guy who was like flaming on all cylinders and in, his name was Edinson Cavani. Apparently, he's back to like a high level. Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't come in today. I think it was tactical choices. There was no need. Uh, there were other more important swaps to, to make them, you know, yeah. Um, on, on a tactical level. But Cavani is going to be back. Yeah. Guys, he's, he's Edinson Cavani. He's like, <laughs> he's, yeah, he got injured. And well, you know, it's not the first time. He's going to be back. But sure. Um, is he going to be extended? And is he going to stay at Paris Saint-Germain? No, that's, a, that's other yeah. topics to talk about. There, there's several clubs. I think Manchester United, Juventus, Atletico. Of all of, of them course. are interested. And hey, if we get a big offer for him in January... Sure. You know, cash in if you can. If not, let him go in the summer. But um, we'll need to replace him. Could yeah. I add something on Icardi. Yeah, sure. sure. Yeah. What's interesting about him, because normally people seem to have this idea that strikers have um, are, some are better at finishing. Uh, people think of Lewandowski at Harry Kane. Uh, because they just see them scoring goals. But that's often not the case. Guillaume mentioned the expected goals metrics uh, earlier, uh, and it's a very, very comprehensive uh, model for evaluating footballers. And what happens is that almost every player, even Cristiano Ronaldo, even Harry Kane, almost over, over time always, almost always uh, match uh, their goals output to their expected goals. One of the only players in the world who outperforms constantly their expected goals is Mauro Cardi, about 0.1 uh, more uh, goals per game than their expected goals over uh, five, six seasons. So he is actually one of the best finishers in the world statistically. And just and having that with the service he's now going uh, with the service he's going to get that PSG is very exciting. That's a really interesting stat. Thank you for uh, bringing that up. I had no idea. Um, he's a killer. He's a killer. Yeah. He's absolutely I, he's just, lethal. And he's been of no issue off the pitch. Him and his wife, there has been nothing, not even a rumor or anything. Um, it's been – sorry, I'm getting a call. Hopefully that didn't come through my speakers there. I wanted to ask about the, the strategy that Tuchel and PSG should – have for the remaining games in the Champions League group stage. So they're currently at nine points. Real Madrid are at four. When you look at their remaining group stage games, they do have a home match against Bruges on November 6th. Then they have they have to go to Real Madrid uh, November 26th. And then they wrap up the group stage on December 11th with a home match against Galatasaray. They haven't confirmed their advancement to the knockout stage yet, but... If they do that against Bruges at home, which we all expect them to do, how do you think Tuchel should play the next two games? Should he go the best, strongest lineup he can, play conservative? What, what do you think they should do? We'll go with uh, Guillaume on this one. He should, uh, he should use the best player he has when those games show up. It's a Champions League. We need to finish first. Look at the other uh, group, um, the, the teams in the groups. The, the, you don't want to finish second. You do not want to. This year, you don't want to finish second. Ooh, uh, even by finish, finishing first, you could, we could draw like Atletico or Juve. Or, but there's a lot of teams. 
um, very scary teams that started poorly in the Champions League that are now starting to score and, and, and get points, we, we have to finish first. Also, I think um, a great display against Madrid would be the test we need to pass, the ultimate test. Yes, we often do well in the group stages. Well, last season, guys, mm, we had a shaky start. So, um, but it, great, let's carry on with this tradition and then let's have a new tradition, which is doing better in the second phase of the championship. Yeah, this is some, Mark and I kind of talked about this a little bit about if we go into that match against Real Madrid and maybe an opportunity to knock them out of the knockout stage, like keep them, you know, in third place, maybe depending on how the other results turn out. But if we have the opportunity let's to embarrass it. Real Madrid, hey, I say go for it. Yeah. Carl, what do you think? They're going to go with a strong lineup for those two games, even if knockout stage is confirmed? Because we, Guillaume says, you know, you want to get first, but we've gotten first and then still have gotten difficult opponents. So I'm, I'm in the mindset, it doesn't really matter first or second. You want to finish first, but what do you think? Well, really two parts of the of the, um, the issue. You, like mathematically, it's got your it's more likely you're going to get, get an easier opponent if you finish first. That's just, that's just math. But uh, also, given this, the injury situation and the Neymar uh, banning got for the Instagram post, Tuchel hasn't been allowed or able to feel his best 11 in the big games, or any game for that matter. And to then, let, let's say PSG would rack up six points against uh, Brugge and uh, Galatasaray uh, at Parc uh, des and we would be uh, set on for first. I still think you should go for at least 90% of your best 11 if yeah. it's available in, in Madrid. So you can try them out. You can... Good point. You, you can try your big game tactics mm-hmm. even with, with Neymar. Will he do the defensive work like he did at, uh, at home against Liverpool last season? And so on. That needs to be tested, tried and tested before yeah. you go into the knockouts. That, so that's can, a really good point, especially yeah. when you think about Tuchel's comments um, about leading up to the Manchester United game, the second leg last season, and how his team just over-prepared and they were concentrating too hard. They were just doing everything way too much, and it ended up affecting their mindset, and they just had that epic collapse. I think the more that you can get these players in big games, big atmosphere, especially going to Real Madrid, I'm kind of with you. I think it would be good to go at least 90%, as many of your first team starters as possible, even if you've already confirmed the knockout stage. Um, you know, just that experience alone, I think, is invaluable considering this team is kind of mentally weak, or at least they've proven to be in previous years. So, something to keep an eye on. I love uh, for the example, of, uh, instead of at uh, Real Madrid. Um, that's the only change I would make. Mm. Um, just give him some valuable European minutes in a big game. Yeah. See, if we, see if it works. Well, Munier is injured anyway, so... Yeah, yeah it looked we'll like he see, grabbed we'll his hand. Hamstring again. Yeah. Would, would you, just as a sidebar, I, I asked Mark Damon this. Um, we had a recent podcast. So I'm just curious. He has been, whenever there's a microphone, Thomas Munier has jumped on it to talk about how much he loves PSG and loves being there, and he's just really angling for a contract extension. Would you give him one or let him explore options next summer? As long as we have Neymar and Mbappé in the team, we're going to be limited in money to spend, guys. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, you know, 
Christmas is over. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I would keep money in the team. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, give him a contract extension. Li- listen, during the first half, two players kept us in the game. Thiago Silva because he, he had, I think, one of the best games. He had many, 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 many good games with Paris Saint-Germain through the years. Today, I would, if I was an equipe uh, intern, unpaid intern, which is what they use at L'Equipe to write their articles, I would give him a nine. <laughs> okay, eight, eight and a half. He had one mistake. Absolutely phenomenal. Thomas Meunier, as the team was under losing duels, a challenge a bit in the air, Meunier stepped up. He didn't have a great game technically he had a few you know uh, a few bad passes everybody did mm-hmm. in the first half but he was there he won a few second balls he won duels he tackled hard and and as Marquinhos and well Kimpembe had a, had a solid game too but I think the, the the two key factors in the first half in keeping us together um, are Silva and Meunier mm-hmm. so if he can do that because he's been criticized a lot by his lack of defensive skills, mm-hmm. he's slow, and yeah. that's that. You know, he, he, he had a yellow again. He got, he got, he got outpaced very quickly by by a, a, a Bruges uh, forward, and did that money stupid thing. He's got to correct that. But when he doesn't have to run after a, 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 his direct opponent, he's great, and he can physically. That's it. He's, he's there. He was because he got injured. Yeah. I think yeah. I think he's going to be fine in the group stage, especially against teams like Bruges. But if we come against in the knockout stage someone that has you know a very fast attacking player, we're really going to have to rethink starting Munier and Colin sure. Dagbos. He's know. not one of the greatest right backs. I could just see goals flowing just with him not able to to keep up with them. So, but he's proven that he can step up. He's a smart yeah. defender. He's very smart. He's yeah. positioning. Um, is interesting when he knows his limitations. Yeah. Uh, he's a Belgian international. He's semi-finalist of the World Cup. Um, I mean, he's, he's not a top 10 right back, but he's maybe a top 20 right back. And he's an international level well, player. And uh, we can't afford a, you know, a world-class right back un- unless we sell either Neymar and Mbappé. So there you go. Yeah. yeah. A bit of a caveat to that. Nasser Shadli is also a wing back for the Belgian national team. So that, I, I'm not really sure I agree with you there, Guillaume. I think he's very limited uh, when it comes to his defensive instincts. I think uh, he can have games where, where it works out, but he can just completely flunk it when he, he's not on it. Yeah. Um, I, I, if, if we go through the knockout stages with him at right back, he we need to play a three at the back formation for me. I do not trust him one-on-one. I do not trust him. <laughs> Just a bit of an anecdote. When I play football, I'm very slow. I'm very slow at moving. So my friends usually call me the ferry because I really can't turn that. I can't turn quickly. Uh, and that's a little bit how I view Tuan Muni as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, 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 yeah, his one-on-one defending is not something I trust and him going up against the likes of uh, Raheem Sterling, Jadon Sancho, Sadio Mane. Yeah. Well, I mean, no, no right back is going to be comfortable playing these guys. No, yeah. But no, you're right. Uh, we have other options. If he can heal his foot, it's, it's you know, uh, care. 
Yeah. And Kara defensively on the right on the right wing is rock solid. So hopefully, hopefully he's going to get back soon. Uh, but honestly, I forgot about it. I haven't seen, seen yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. He has a he has a bad injury on his foot, yeah. and it's uh it's slowly healing. Apparently, he's on his way back, and he's yes. an interesting he's an interesting player, and he can be a very good option. Like Dagba, like uh, Dagba, like Diallo has become two yeah. two similar players. I think uh, in many ways, Diallo can play central defender and left back. Kara can play central defender on the right. And right back, and both defensively, they will like <laughs> you know, lock the wing. So Meunier by himself, no, of course not. But in a in a rotation, and considering your budget, yeah, yeah. Well, as I mentioned, PSG will face Bruges at home, so these two will face off, and I'm sure Bruges will want to get a little bit of revenge and keep the score close and more importantly, keep Mbappe off the score sheet. So that's something to look forward to. But before that, we do have the Classique on Sunday. I believe it's Sunday. Uh, PSG hosting Marseille, uh, leading into that match. And we won't get too much into this game, but I, I wanted to just kind of Oh, no, it. we should. Like, we should. Imagine yeah. the, the OM supporters right now. Yeah, well, the, the OM supporters are not even going they to They just be. got Garcia, and now they just watch Paris Saint-Germain destroy Bruges in Bruges. Yeah. No, they they can't they're coming be to Parc des Princes. Very confident. But their manager, Andres Villas-Boas, he was talking about oh, PSGs and, his, uh, and their financial power and that they're basically not even in the same league. They're not part of Ligue 1. And that um, the, the rivalry is really from a time past. I wrote about how that I find that to be just a loser's mentality. Loser. You know, no matter what, you go into a game, as the manager, you have to have the utmost confidence in your team. Even if what you're saying is true, you can't say that as the manager. No. But um, if you want to talk about those comments and maybe just give me a, a quick prediction on maybe who you think will start, maybe a score, um, we'll go with uh, Carl. I think it's, it's a delicate subject uh, like for him, to, um, for him to talk about. I mean, it's not the same as it used to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't know, I know if I should speak about it because I wasn't really around back when it was uh, as, he's, as heated as it was but of course there isn't the same type of competitiveness of, uh, that it used to be but it's still a game that the f- both sets of fans really look forward to well right now the Paris fans really look forward to at least um, sporting wise so I, th- I think you need to show some respect for the for the um, for the history, uh, but but it's it's what it is. I mean, he, he probably sees sees it as an opportunity to lower um, expectations. Um, and honestly, I, I I don't know if I'm the mm-hmm. um, yeah. I, I understand why you would be disappointed as a Marseille fan, but I, I understand why he did it as well. Yeah, I mean, and you talk about the rivalry isn't what it used to be, but I mean, look at Manchester City and Manchester United right now. There's a lot of you know historic rivalries that are kind of one-sided, but that's the thing with rival- rivalries, if I can say that word correctly. They kind of go up and down, and you know, one team will have a, sh- a stretch where they're really good and dominate, and then things turn around. So I just think no matter what, you always just have to be positive and believe in your team. And you know what? If there's any time to upset PSG at home, it's right now. We're coming off of two road games right off the international break where, you know, injuries all up and down our lineup. I mean, tired players. We're tired. That's it's sure. very tired. You should be confident. You should be like, I don't care about their financial 
whatever investments, we're going to go up there and kick their ass. And that's what's going to happen. That's, I don't know, maybe this is the American in me coming out. I don't know. But Guillaume, when you take it. No, I agree with you. I don't think it's the American way. I mean, uh, yeah, you can't, you can't say that. Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah. it's, it's, so is he trying to like take the burden off, you know, the, the, the weight of the upcoming match? Because the Marseille players are like, oh my God. You know, here we go. We're going to Paris. Look at them. Um, well, if, if, if it works, they're just a bunch of losers. <laughs> you <know? laughs> yeah, and you can't motivate. I mean, what would you motivate a team like this? Um, that being said, it's football. Maybe they will. Maybe they will have a great game. I wouldn't be surprised if um, they get a result. What's going to go? I mean, we are... the The... The, the absence of, of gay, mm-hmm. Marquinhos being exhausted. Maybe, I mean, he, he, he's done it before, but clearly that trip to uh, Singapore with the Brazilian, where Neymar got injured. The stupidest thing. Thiago uh, Silva somehow managed, I think it's his great experience and uh, absurd professionalism. And he knows how to handle these really well. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe it's his natural fitness. I don't know. Yeah. But Marquinhos, Neymar got injured. Now Marquinhos came back completely fried. Gay is injured. We've seen today we can be in real trouble um, in midfield again. Uh, if you have an anti-variety plan, if you if you stress and aggressors uh, with high pressing, and Marseille has the players to do that, but they have better players up front than Bruges. So early goal, they have a chance, and that's great. I mean, I, I had hopes earlier this season that League One would be a bit more competitive, and then hey, OL, OL is 16th, 14th. Yeah. Uh, Marseille is doing what Marseille has been doing for years. Monaco, okay, great. They won at home 3 2. Whew, good, good for them. Uh, we we have a five points six points gap mm-hmm. already. Um, yeah. We 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 need League One to be a bit more competitive. So I don't want to cheer for Marseille, but I would like to see a game on Sunday. Despite the fact, despite the fact that we're missing players, that we're tired and beat up, I still want to see a game. I hope they're going to give us a challenge. I like it. Well, guys, I'll get you out on this. Just one last question I have for you, completely off topic on everything that we've previously talked about. But the Ballon d'Or nominations came out, 30 players. Neymar is not on it. Who do you think is going to win it this year? We have Marquinhos, Kylian Mbappe did make the list. But who's your favorite? Has to be Messi. Best player in the world ever. He just is the best. It, it of course, depends on what – weird metrics are used for <laughs> which nobody knows. but it should be no no like no, nobody everyone gets angry but no one knows why <laughs> someone wins because there aren't any rules set up yeah. so yeah i mean it's it has to be messy he is of course the best player in the world by a mile he's amazing Gia, do you agree hmm. i mean the uh... Yeah, I guess it's an odd year, though. There's no, like, mm-hmm. um, one player you can say clearly, clearly. Messi um, bounced back, mm-hmm. and he's having a great season, reinventing himself a little bit, less dribbling, more more, more as a 
slightly more than 10 of fake nine. But and Ronaldo is having a great season too. I mean, but not as dominant because he's not at Real Madrid anymore. I mean, Kylian Mbappe, Kylian Mbappe today came in at the 53rd minute. And did you see him sprint and outpace? Mm-hmm. No, I didn't. He didn't outpace anybody. Normally, he's gone and you, he's like, bye-bye. You can't catch him. He's not going out 100% because he's still a little bit worried about his thigh. So you saw, you know, he was running, but he had a Bruges defender right by him. So n- without using his full speed, he had five opportunities, a hat-trick, and one assist. He could have scored actually four goals. Yeah, but it's against Bruges, blah, blah, blah. He's absolutely exceptional. He's, he's, a, he's a super world-class player. And um, is it going to come into consideration for the France football judges? I mean, he has to be at least in the top three. You would so, hope. That'd be really nice if you could get into top three. Probably he's a... Top three. Who, Yes, Van Dijk, Mbappé, and Messi. With Messi spearheading quite. I could see that. If I had to pick a player, I'm going to say a player that I hope to see back in league on one day at PSG, and I'm going to say Sadio Mane. Every time I watch this guy, he's incredible. I mean, his pace, his, his skill in the ball, he, he's just unbelievable. And, and I don't know if anyone really expected that when he was at Southampton and he was at FC Mets before. Um, I just think he's a great player. And if we are to lose Neymar or Mbappe, either one of those next summer, put in an offer for Mane if you can try to get him away from Liverpool because I think he'd be fantastic to add to our attack. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the, the Liverpool attacker. Sure, but look at the stats. Yeah. In, uh, so, oh, yeah, but, you know, he, play, he plays in the EPL. Sure, sure. Let's focus on the Champions League. <laughs> Let's focus on the Champions League. Look at his stats compared he, he to Mbappe. It. Compared to Mbappe. Go, yeah. go ahead. He's, he's amazing. Sure. But I think he has a, a, a higher profile to win or to get higher in the ranks of the Ballon d'Or because he plays in Liverpool. Yeah. And Liverpool won the Champions League and blah, 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 blah. But Mbappe, if right now, Mbappe is the best player in the world. He's the best player in the world. He's Look again, the performance he had today. And that's not 100% Mbappé. That's 80% Mbappé, 75% Mbappé. He cut in, he passed, he, he was... I, I, I'm running out of adjectives. He was un-freaking-believable. Unbelievable. Well, I think if you're running out of adjectives, we should probably wrap up the podcast. So I want to thank Carl and uh, Guillaume for joining me here to, to talk about PSG's incredible 5-0 win, um, just incredible performance. And they're, they're at the top of their group and cruising at the moment, even with all the injuries that they have. So my hat's off to Tuchel. He, uh, I questioned the Chupamoting move, but it paid off, and clearly he knows more than I do. So there it is. So once again, thank you, guys. If you want to just uh, give your Twitter handle or how people can find you, and if you're working on anything you want to plug, uh, go ahead. Carl, we'll start with you. Yeah, no, um, my Twitter handle is uh, C-O-K-L-L-S-T-R-M. It's C-O Karlstrom without any vowels um, in the surname. It's not that easy. Uh, right now, I'm mainly working on exams, not anything that you can uh, support, unfortunately. But yeah, We're, we're yeah. a big fan of uh, schoolwork, so good luck with that. Yeah. Guillaume, how can people find you? 
of the door one on Twitter. If you Fantastic. want to check me out. All right. Thanks, well, Ed. Thank you all for listening. We'll catch you next and time. Thanks, Carl. All right. Bye. Bye, everyone. Bye.